It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. So here's the plan for the week. It is matchups Wednesday today rather than the usual matchups Thursday as we get ready for Saturday's game between the Packers and Vikings at Lambeau. Matchups Wednesday, and then tomorrow I'm recording our Behind Enemy Lines podcast with Sam Ekstrom from Lockdown Vikings. I have not firmed up a time on that, but it could be early enough Thursday where the podcast is posted at its normal time. If not, it'll be midday or mid morning on Thursday, one or the other. So it's matchups Wednesday, Behind Enemy Lines Thursday. No podcast Friday. I gotta get Christmas done. I got a lot to wrap, and it's been a, it's been a heck of a week. I'm sure it's a heck of a week for you too, especially if you got kids. You know, my wife is uh, plays clarinet, and she does bell choir at church. So she had a a bell choir concert on Monday. On Tuesday, she went to her niece and nephew's um, concert. On Wednesday, she's the dress rehearsal for the uh, community band Christmas concert. Thursday is the concert, and today, this morning, I have my little son Isaac's 4K Christmas show. So that's a, that's a lot of uh, fun stuff, but it's kind of eating into the writing time. So there'll be no podcast on Friday because, man, i got to write and I've got to wrap some presents. Otherwise, uh, it's going to look awfully odd underneath the tree on Saturday where there's a whole bunch of stuff wrapped by my wife and all my stuff just piled underneath and everyone looks at me like, what in the hell have you been doing? So... <laughs> So that's the plan. Matchups today, behind enemy lines Thursday, nothing Friday. And I'll have a brief post-game podcast on Saturday. Going to be very brief. I don't know if you're going to be listening. I hope you're not listening. I hope I look at the uh, audio boom click count and I find like five. That wouldn't hurt my feelings whatsoever, but I'll do one. And I think Keith said he's going to call me Christmas night late to do a uh, our usual post-game podcast. And I'd be ready for Monday morning. And before I get rolling with the show... I'd like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Lockdown Network, which includes Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Fantasy, and Lockdown Vikings. And please check out my work over at PackerReport.com, home of the world's best preview. All right, on to the show. Second down, you look at the Packers' offense against the Vikings' defense. Third down, the other way around. Fourth down, special teams. But first, it's first down. 
And that would be a look at the uh, Pro Bowl results announced yesterday. I'm assuming you know who got selected to the Pro Bowl, but you know what? I took a, a quick Twitter poll last night. I couldn't find anybody that cared. So maybe you were at a holiday party, or maybe maybe you were wrapping gifts, or maybe, maybe you honest to God, you just didn't care. If you don't care, I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> it's quarterback Aaron Rodgers, guard TJ Lang, safety ha, Clinton Dix. That's the Packers' three Pro Bowlers. I thought it was kind of a neat symmetry there with those three. Rodgers, of course, being the the established star, the veteran. This would be Pro Bowl number six for Rodgers. Number one for Lang and Clinton Dix. Lang, the veteran guy, finally gets in. Interestingly enough, he gets in on maybe his most challenging year. I looked, I just refreshed my memory yesterday. In his previous five seasons as a starter, he started 78 out of 80 games. So in other words, he missed two games in five years. This year he's missed three. With the broken foot, he's hey, he's got you know he's coming back from shoulder surgery. He's gonna need hip surgery. The guy's a the guy's a mess, but he just keeps playing. And and you know he's a he's a I'm not diminishing the year he's had. He's had a good year, and I I think it's very deserving. Probably one of those years where maybe it's a year too late. Where last year Josh Sitton got the Pro Bowl nod for the Packers, but I, I thought it was pretty clear that. Now, if you just watch all the games, that that Sitton was or that Lang was the better player last year. So maybe this is a deal where you get in a year too late. So Lang finally does get the call. So you got the established star in Rodgers. You've got the underappreciated standout in Lang, and you and now with with Clinton Dix, you get the young standout. Clinton Dix tied for second in the NFL with five interceptions. That is uh, tied for first among safeties. Had two interceptions last week. He's the Packers' first Pro Bowl safety since Nick Collins in 2010. And uh, Clinton Dix was asked about the Pro Bowl yesterday before the the uh, the announced the announced the results were announced. He says, "I come into this office every day and work hard and get better each and every day. That's one of my goals. But right now, I'm focused on the Vikings. So those are the the Packers' three Pro Bowlers. And you'll you look at the safeties." Remember when the, <laughs> yeah, you got Clinton Dixon and Morgan Burnett now. You had a great safety duo. Make sure, uh, and you should probably appreciate that group because you can always go back to a guy like MD Jennings. So that's that's the three. You know, I talked about Lang being maybe a year too late. Maybe that'll be the case next year with David Bakhtiari, the Packers left tackle. Bakhtiari and wide receiver Jordy Nelson were named first alternates, which means if somebody goes is injured or doesn't go or Skips it because of the Super Bowl. That those guys would be next men up into the Pro Bowl. And other just pure alternates. Wide receiver Devontae Adams. Defensive tackle Mike Daniels. And fullback Aaron Ripkowski. For what it's worth, the Vikings have four Pro Bowlers. First place Detroit, zero. Last place Chicago, zero. Oakland with a league-high seven Pro Bowlers. Followed by Atlanta with six. And Dallas, Pittsburgh, Tennessee with five. And uh, for what it's worth, Casey Hayward, the former Packers cornerback, he's going to the Pro Bowl. So um, the Packers' decision decision not to resign him doesn't look any better today. I talked about this yesterday. What a great Christmas gift. Packers-Vikings tickets. A big game, a great atmosphere, and great weather too. A high of 31 and sunny for Saturday. 
So here's how you get there. Go to SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the easiest way to find tickets for the last couple games of the season. There's nothing like being in a stadium for the biggest games of the year, and these are big games. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way i found to buy tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any other game of the season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals to fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Talk about a Merry Christmas present right there. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, first, download the SeatGeek app. Then go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code. Then you enter my promo code, which is L-O Packers. L for locked, O for on, Packers. Then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LO Packers today. All right, let's go to second down, and that'll be the Packers offense against the Vikings defense. The Vikings might have gotten crushed by the Colts on Saturday or on Sunday. Um, Andrew Luck threw for like 250 yards and a couple touchdowns, had 125 passer rating. But this is a great defense. Do not, just because the Vikings are struggling, do not take this for granted. On defense, Minnesota enters this game ranked sixth with 18.5 points allowed per game. They are third in total defense with about 312 yards a game. Number three against the pass with 206 yards a game. Number two in yards per passing attempt. They are sixth in sacks. This is a very, very good defense. Including that week two game at Minnesota, the Vikings have given up 17 points or less than eight of the 14 games. So while they got gave up 34 against the Colts last week in the, in the three previous games to that, 16 against Detroit, 17 against Dallas, and 16 against Jacksonville. So that's obviously going to pose a very, very stern test for a Packers offense, which has been pretty darn good here during the second half of the year. And as you probably know, if you just think back over the years, these Mike Zimmer defenses have been very good against Aaron Rodgers and company. You mean, you can go back to the the Week 17 game here against them where the, that the Vikings won. You, mean, you go back to the to Cincinnati. Um, was that, gosh, it was 2013 where I think the Packers scored 30 in that game, but the, but uh, the Bengals forced like five turnovers in that game. So it's a great defense. It starts up front for them, as it, always, as it does for most teams. It's a great, great pass rush. You know, last week I mentioned to you the Packers played one of two teams that had three players of seven-plus sacks. So the, the Vikings are the other. Uh, Daniel Hunter is the team's breakout player. He's got ten-and-a-half sacks. Um, Everson Griffin, a, who's going to his second Pro Bowl, he's got eight. Uh, veteran Brian Robinson has seven. Um, I think I misspoke a second ago. The Vikings are seventh in sacks with 35, and seventh in sack rate at 7.1%, or 7.16%. So the pass rush, again, very, very stern, and 
you know, uh, Rodgers was talking at his locker yesterday, and he thought that he's going to be good to go health-wise. We'll see. Um, it certainly would help if he's if he's more mobile than he has been. But the Vikings are going to test that. The Vikings have, like I said, the Vikings have a really good pass rush, and, and they're going to get after Rodgers. I know the, the Packers' old line has been really good. But this will be a big test here for, for the Packers to protect the quarterback again. And then, look, he's, he's going to need the time, right, because this is a great secondary. We'll, we'll get to the secondary here now. Even with even with Luck, Luck's big game, the Vikings ranked third in opponent pass rating at 79.8. And as I mentioned before, second in yards per attempt at 5.89. The cornerbacks, maybe the best in the league. Xavier Rhodes going to the Pro Bowl. He set out that first game against the Packers. Uh, that was the game that Trey Wayne's start. Um, and the Packers went after Wayne's with limited with limited uh, effectiveness. But Rhodes is back. He's going to the Pro Bowl. Maybe the best corner, though, has been Terrence Newman. Newman, 36 years old. And he is he is unbelievably you know at, at the top of his game. So Rhodes, Newman, a great pair of corners. And safety captain Munderland is, is a pretty highly regarded slot guy. He's kind of a step below those guys. And, you know, after getting shut out last week, Randall Cobb needs to bounce back because, you know, I, it, the, matchups on, with the matchups with to Nelson and Adams aren't great on the outside. You know, the best of the bunch might be, might be Cobb against, against Munderland. Um, the Vikings have been without safety Harrison Smith the last couple of games with, a, with an ankle injury. Um, um, he's iffy for this week. Um, Vikings coach Mike Zimmer, when asked about Smith um, on his conference call on Tuesday, Zimmer said, he's really a playmaker in the running game, the passing game. I think he does a good job of trying to disguise coverages. He's a pretty good blitzer. So anytime you lose a guy who's a really good player, typically you don't have the same guy behind him. Linebackers, Chad Greenway starts, doesn't play a whole lot um, because Vikings play a lot of nickel. Just like every other team plays a lot of nickel. Eric Kendricks is the middle linebacker. He, I thought he was one of the best players in the field in week two. He was all over the field, especially early. And outside linebacker Anthony Barr, a pro bowler last year, has been nearly as good this year. He's down about 20 tackles compared to last year's pace. And, and uh, Zimmer called him out last week or earlier this week to the Vikings reporting staff. Um, flat out saying he can do a lot better is what Zimmer said, and, and, and he was followed up with, with asked about better at what, and Zimmer said everything. So, this is a great defense, and it's going to pose a big challenge for a Packers offense, which ran hot and cold against the Vikings. But if, you're, if it's going to be 31 and sunny, I would say that's an advantage, you would think, to Green Bay's passing game. And obviously, Ty Montgomery gives them some balance for, for once. The Vikings' run defense is pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. They're 18th with 106.3 yards per game. They're allowing four yards per carry. And, and, you know, I, like, like every team, I think the Vikings will happily give up a few runs in, to get you into a passing situation. or I mean, they're, they're happy to give up a few runs to make you pass because that is the, the, uh, the strength of their defense is stopping the pass. That takes us to the third down. The Vikings' defense, great. The Vikings' offense... Not so much. 25th in points scored with 18.9 per game. They are horrible running the ball. I mean, absolutely horrible. And, and they were actually they actually got better without Adrian Peterson. 
which says something. They are 32nd in rushing with 70.6 per game. They are 32nd in rushing. They are a hair less than three yards per carry. Passing game-wise, they are 21st in passing yards, and it is a dink and dunk, dink and dunk affair. Um, quarterback Sam Bradford is number one in completion percentage, but next to last in yards per completion. And it's a, a, an odd combination of things. So the Vikings are, you know, even situational wise, I mean, they're, they're 21st on third down or 30th in red zone. It's a terrible offense. Why is it terrible? Sort of the offensive line. Everyone, you know, every team has been hurt by injuries here. But the Vikings have gotten the short end of the stick. They've got three offensive tackles on injured reserve. Their week one starters were um, veteran Matt Khalil at left tackle, right tackle Andre Smith, who they picked up from the Bengals in the offseason. They're both on injured reserve. So they lose Khalil. They go inside Jake Long, a former first-round pick who got had gotten released. He's on injured reserve. So they got, they've got three starting offensive tackles on IR. And that means they've had seven different starting combinations up front. So uh, the Packers have had injury problems. They've had a walk in the park compared to what the Vikings have. And as Zimmer said, every team gets injuries. And you, and you, 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 know, you, learn, you know that, you understand that. But the problem is, is when, all the, when the injuries come at the same spot. And we've seen that with the Packers, right? I mean, look at their cornerback group. No Sam Shields. I mean, at one point was no Sam Shields, no Demarius Randall, no Quentin Rollins. That's not good. Well, it's the same deal here where the Vikings have just, they've run out. Offensive tackle is a hard position. There's not enough offensive tackles in the league to begin with, which is why, you know, those guys are first-round picks usually. But the Vikings have just been killed there. Which So, I mean, that explains a lot where, look, the running game is just, it's unbelievable how bad the running game is. Adrian Peterson is averaging 1.9 yards per carry. 1.9. And he's, I mean, he missed 11 games. So some of this is based on that. But he enters this game ranked, um, not ranked, but with a longest rush of 13 yards. Ty Montgomery had three carries of 26 plus yards. <laughs> Last week against the Bears. So Peterson is struggling. He's back. He returned last week against the Colts. Following that knee injury that the sustained against the Packers. Peterson, six carries, 22 yards in that game. He fumbled. So not not a, not a great debut. And then, you know, the score got so lopsided. And, you know, the, the Vikings are obviously going to bring him back slowly. Following the knee injury. So at that point, there, there, there's no point in wasting carries. In a blowout. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what the Vikings do here. Do they um, bring him back um, casually just because it is Adrian Peterson? You don't want to mess the guy up and he's missed a lot of time. Or because it is do or die for the Vikings. I mean, they have zero margin for error left. Do you run Adrian Peterson as if, as in, or as if this were a playoff game? So that'll, that'll be interesting. And if they do do that, can the Packers stop him? I mean, again, I, I know Peterson's had a bad year. Um, I know the Packers stopped him the first game, but Green Bay's run defense has not been great as of late. They, they shut down Jordan Howard last week for the first half. 
But then Howard got rolling in the second half. And when Howard got rolling, that opened up the rest of the Bears' offense. They went play action. They picked apart the Packers' secondary. The Packers have to stop Peterson. And uh, Mike McCarthy was asked about Peterson yesterday. Basically, the, the answer was, Adrian Peterson is Adrian Peterson. And, and they're going to approach it that way. They're going to they're going to go into this game expecting a lot of Adrian Peterson, and they're going to go into this game expecting the best of Adrian Peterson. And if, they, and if Peterson's not that kind of player, well, the Packers will be thrilled. But they're going to they're going to go into it expecting the very best of Adrian Peterson. So that's the run game. The passing game, like I mentioned before, is remarkable. Where uh, Bradford, who was acquired in a trade about a week before the start of the regular season after Teddy Bridgewater went down at practice. They acquired Bradford. Bradford made his first start against the Packers after 15 days in Green or in Green Bay. 15 days in Minnesota, and obviously it was tremendous in that game. So he's an odd deal. Number one in completion percentage, where he actually has a chance to set a league record in that. 14 touchdowns, four interceptions. But then 9.82 yards per completion is unbelievable. I, mean, I, looked, I should have looked this up before the show. When the Packers played the Texans, uh, Brock Eyes the Brock with Brock Brock Osweiler, um, the Texans were around nine point eight yards per completion too. If I remember right, the uh, Texans were one of, I think, the only team or one of only two teams to average less than ten yards per completion over the last five seasons. So that shows you just how rare it is to be where they are at nine point eight two. You know the Vikings' weapons. Stephon Diggs lit up Demarius Randall in that first matchup. He's got 80 receptions, 874 yards. And obviously, Randall got benched the last game. He's going to he's gonna need to bounce back in a big way. The tight end is Kyle Rudolph, 66 receptions. He's got six of the 14 touchdowns. Uh, you know, we've talked about Packers against tight ends all year. The Packers were terrible for a lengthy stretch of games against tight ends. But they shut down Jimmy Graham, and I don't, I'm not sure that the Bears tight end caught any passes last week. So maybe they made some strides in that regard. Um, but like, you know, like I just mentioned, that the Packers need, and like I mentioned in yesterday's podcast too, I mean the Packers need Demarius Randall to bounce back in a big way after two picks against Seattle to getting benched against, against the Bears. So a big matchup here, you know, they – can can they can Randall bounce back? Can it keep up with the answers at tight end? You know, Adam Thielen is their kind of their big play guy. You know, Cordero Patterson, a Pro Bowl kick returner who we'll get into. He's got 49 receptions. He's finally had a finally had a pretty good year in offense. It's a lot of really short game stuff and letting him run. He's a big, fast guy. The Packers are gonna have to tackle him. So the Vikings offense stinks, but it's got the potential to cause some problems for a Packers defense, which isn't exactly been great either. And finally, fourth down, and the special teams and a couple other notes. Vikings have a great return game. Uh, Patterson, pro bowler, 31 and a half yards per kickoff return with one touchdown. He had two touchdowns last year. The punt returner, Marcus Sherrill, who is special teams coordinator, Ron Zook, has spoken highly of over the years. Um, not only is Sherrill a good returner, but he's also just a good special teams player all around. Sherrill's 13.4 yards per punt return and two touchdowns. So it is a big play return unit. The kicker, 
Was Blair Walsh the first go round? Um, I think I think you probably if you were, if you follow the league closely, you know his story. Walsh missed the chip shot field goal that would have uh, beaten the Seahawks in that playoff game last year. Um, got up to a poor start this year. The Vikings finally gave up on him. Turned to Kai Forbath. Forbath twelve for twelve on field goals, but just five out of seven on extra points. So some challenges there for Green Bay. Uh, the other odds and ends I want to mention: turnovers. Turnovers are going to be key in this game. The Vikings have been good all year. They're third at plus nine. Green Bay, of course, has been great for two games. And those two games have got them up to plus five. That is tied for eighth in the league. Um, I did something after the game. As far as I can tell, this is the first game in Packers history, or the first two games in Packers history, where they were combined plus ten in takeaways. But plus, uh, but had zero takeaway. Or let me do that again. The first time with ten plus takeaways, but no giveaway. God dang it! I did it again. Ten plus takeaways. I actually had it right. Ten. <laughs> this is a great segment. Ten plus ten plus takeaways, but zero giveaways over a two game span. And it's the first time, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, via the Packers Dope Sheet. The first time since 1978 when the Packers are plus 10 in two games, and, and those games there are plus 15, or I mean, 15 takeaways, five giveaways in those games. And, and shockingly, the Packers lead the NFL in takeaways and giveaways over that two game span. The Vikings, as you probably know, have lost seven of their last nine games, so they go, they go 5 and 0, oh, and now they are 2 and 7. And that gets them to 7-7. Seven seven. Green, Green Bay, meanwhile, of course, trading the, the other direction with their four-game winning streak that has taken them to 8-6 and six on the cusp of a playoff berth. How about that? Playoffs for the Green Bay Packers. And, and they could actually clinch a playoff berth this week. For the Packers, again, they obviously have to win this game. Washington needs to lose. Tampa Bay needs to lose. Atlanta needs to win. So here's... Here's what all that means, or here, here's the, the uh, breakdown on that. Tampa Bay, which is behind Green Bay, based on tiebreakers at six and or eight and six. Tampa Bay loses, has to lose at New Orleans. The Saints are six and eight. Washington is seven, six and one. They have to lose at Chicago. The Bears are three and one. Atlanta needs to win at Carolina, which is six and eight. So I mean, all those things are doable, right? I mean, you can see Tampa Bay losing at the Saints, right? And given the way the Bears played, I mean, you could see them beating the Redskins, right? I mean, I certainly wouldn't say those are uh, probable, but you could see it. Then Atlanta beating Carolina, I mean, you could see that as well. So if that if, if Atlanta wins, they clinch the NFC North or NFC South. And therefore, that pushes Tampa Bay into wildcard status. But if Tampa Bay loses, and that would make... The best they could, if Tampa, if Tampa loses, the be, the best they could go would be nine and seven, and if Green Bay wins, the worst they could go is nine and seven. But according to the NFL, Green Bay would clinch the strength of victory tiebreaker this week. So, if it's Green Bay and Tampa nine and seven, Green Bay clinches, and of course Washington can't get to nine wins if they lose. So voila, Packers are in the playoffs. But I think all sides are set on the NFC North title, obviously. Where Green Bay just has to win. And if Green Bay wins, whatever Detroit does 
on Monday night against Dallas will be irrelevant. Green Bay will be playing for the division regardless of what happens. And that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. Have a great day, and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.